Yeah, see the laughs are peaking. Yeah, they, they're peaking, all right. They're peaking duck, you know? Oof. <laughs> I got the laugh, though, didn't I? You did. I got it, though. In spite of myself. <laughs> I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Palasek. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two disc center. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Pink about pink. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. This was a, a long day. It was a long day. We had a lot of stuff. A lot of a stuff. A lot of stuff for a couple people still in a pandemic. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> oh, like uh, virtual school and Zoom with Santa, which was lovely. And, yes. Um, for the kids, not for us, although it was also <laughs> lovely for us. Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, just a lot of r- kind of running errands and stuff. like you Yeah, know. errands. And we also got up kind of late. Not like well, actually late, but... You, it was one of those where, I mean, it was, it felt like, uh, it felt like, I felt like Catherine O'Hara in Home Alone, where it was like, <laughs> like, you like knocked me, because we have to get the one child ready for school mm. at a certain time, and you knocked me, and we're like, it's 7.30. It's 7.30. You know, the Home Alone music. That's why we tune in, right? To hear us vocally do the Home Alone score. Great. Good times. Um, so long day. Long day. And here we are. But we're here. Pcasting. Here we are. Um, how are you? Uh, topics at the top. Topics at the top. Um, I don't have any. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not really. I'll tell you. This week, I've gotten really into a, a very so a very soothing. Internet activity for me mm-hmm. is Letterboxd. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is a social network, but just for movies. Yeah. Just for rating, sharing, reviewing, logging, movie watching. Mm-hmm. And I've been spending a lot more time on there than on Twitter. I love that for you. I also and love that for health. me. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, it's like just a nice, I just find a movie, I add it to my little list. I write a little one sentence review of Steven Soderbergh's The Informant. <laughs> I I just like bounce around. I find new people to follow. Oh, hey, you're interesting. Let's follow you. I love that. It's so nice and I recommend it. And also please follow me on there because I want to have more followers. <laughs> but that's very thirsty. But you know what I mean? Like I just feel mm-hmm. very it's feel it's so I like it's so nice to have a place that's not Twitter to go to when I'm just sitting in front of my laptop or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I, I do like it. And I also created a list on there of all the titles that we've done on the podcast. Oh, nice. So if you're on Letterboxd, uh, check it out. I don't know. <laughs> check out a list. What? <laughs> Look, is this it's anything? pretty cool list. Is this anything? It's not. I think it's great. Great. I think it's everything, personally. That's my topic at the top. I love that. Uh, uh, I have a topic at the top. Go it's for it. not a topic at the top, but a thing. Um, so... Last week, we watched Elf. Yeah. And today, at the store, there's a special Elf cereal. Yeah. Which is, essentially, it looks like um, kicks with marshmallows in it, but then, uh, apparently, it's uh, syrup-flavored, because... You know how Buddy the Elf oh, loves Oh, Buddy loves syrup. Syrup on stuff, right. yes. Um, so I was like, well, that sounds horrific. Let's try it. So we have a bowl... Well, um, oh. elf elf cereal ASMR for you. <laughs> okay. Was that good? I felt uncomfortable. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that's great. Yeah, let's try it. I it smell. You said it smells like what? Well, that's what I was gonna say. I opened up the box to to pour it for this this segment. <laughs> I'm kind of a producer of the show too, so I like was producing this segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By opening up a cereal box, mm-hmm. and I. Opened it up and it immediately smelled like celery to me. Does it still smell like celery to you? No, now it smells like. Um, now that you know it's syrup, it smells like syrup. Yeah, yeah. Now it smells like syrup. I was like, me. it smells like syrup. <laughs> You're crazy. Now it, now it smells like syrup to me. But this is like the dress, like blue and yeah, yeah, the blue black and gold. And, and oh, yeah. the 
Oh, Laurel and Yanny. There we go. Yeah. I was like, I was like, football. <laughs> celery I, or syrup? Celery or syrup? It smells like syrup. Okay, I'm gonna All grab. Right, you chew. I'm gonna grab a marshmallow and a and a kick. We kicks. call this segment the What's chew a down. Single kicks. A single kicks is a kicks. It's a kicks. Yeah, okay. that's in the Oxford English Dictionary. Wonderful. So I've I've got a marshmallow and a kicks. I've chosen a red marshmallow. Right, everyone. I'm just gonna grab a little handful here. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna going in. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Right. Ready? Go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's actually strangely not as like over. I'm going in for another marshmallow. It's not as like overwhelming as I thought it was going to be. It's pretty overwhelming to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> it tastes like. Maybe it's because I only had two pieces and you took a whole handful. <laughs> I'm like, it's not that bad. How dare you? I did take a whole handful. You did. Um, yeah, it's not bad, but it's just, no. it's very, it's like, it's very syrupy. It's the cereal you wanted when you were 10 and your mom was like, no, eat your plain Cheerios. Yeah. I'm not going to reach for that. Whereas sometimes you'll buy a, a, a sugary cereal that we'll have like around the house as a snack for us. Yeah. And that. Like I'll, a golden gram. Like golden grams. I'll, so House I'll, them. I'll go in the kitchen and be making the kids dinner and like. I'll just eat golden grams while I'm doing it. It's not not ideal. It's not an ideal way to be. It's delicious though. It is delicious. So well, I, I'm not gonna reach for the the elf cereal. The elf cereal. Well, yes. this has been cereal talk. A new segment on uh, <laughs> on DVD Deathmatch. Can't wait to see what cereal will taste next. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we are. <laughs> this is. A podcast called Serial Monogamy. <laughs> oh, God. We're a married couple, and we try cereals. Dude. And we have to edit out all the chewing, so it's three minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Um, Boo. All right, should we get into it? Never. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's get into it. Guys, guess what? We watched two movies. We watched two movies from our DVD collection this week, which we always do. Yes. But, the premise uh, of the podcast. They are, it's our second, right? It's our second hol- holiday themed yes. matchup. I love that. Uh, and it was Riding in Cars with Boys from 2001 and LA Confidential from 1997. Yeah. Um, two movies you would not think of necessarily as holiday films, but both of them start on Christmas. Right. They both start with a big Christmas yeah. get up so and go. Fully fully counts yeah, as they, a holiday they, film. They count. <laughs> so yeah. We did um, okay. We did. What's the connection? Again, I completely forgot about this and did not think about it. I didn't think about it either. <laughs> so, but there has to be. No, there has to be. So let's think about it for well, let me think about it for one second. Okay. Three hours. Later. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got it. I got it. I got it. You got it? Calm down. I got it. You got it? It is. Okay. James Cromwell is yep. in LA Confidential. He is. James Woods is in Riding in Cars with Boys. They're both named James. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the the uh, connection is they're both in the movie The General's Daughter from 1999 starring John Travolta. Great. This is a riveting segment that America loves, <laughs> and they can't get enough of it. So that's how these two movies are connected. Also, there's the fact that Kevin Spacey and James Woods are both... Creep-tastic. Canceled. Yes, fully canceled. You canceled. You canceled. <laughs> Bitch, you canceled. In, in, in Mike P's book. <laughs> in hopefully most people's books. Yeah. Um, all right, let's start with... Riding in Cars, shall we? Riding in Cars with Boys from 2001, directed by Penny Marshall, a lady director. Classic lady director. <sighs> also, um, iconic lady director. Yeah. Big. Uh, a League of Their Own. Yes. Uh, other movies. Preacher's <laughs> Wife, I think she did. Like a couple of other movies that are good also. Yes. But then this is her final movie. Yes, because she said, did you read that, the trivia? No, I don't really read the IMDb trivia. You I, always do. I love that IMDb yeah, trivia. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, according to the IMDb trivia, this is her final film because um, Hollywood changed, baby, and they didn't want to make movies with heart anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> That's I. I love Penny Marshall. I love her movies. That feels like an excuse or something. It really does. Yeah. All right. IMDb summary. A single mother with dreams of becoming a writer has a son at the age of 15 in 1965 and goes through a failed marriage with the drug-addicted father. Yep. Sure. It's kind of, yeah, that's true. That's kind of the, the beginning of the story. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. um, so you've got... Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. You've got Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. R.I.P. The best. Who, every time I see her on screen, I'm just like, man. I know. It's a bummer. It's such a bummer. She, she's so she, good. She's so good. I feel like she had a lot of potential, and it sounds like she had a real rough ending to her she life. She would be doing great stuff now, yeah. I think. And I know that she did great stuff then. Exactly. And, like and that, that's just, the thing you say potential and it's yeah. like she lived up to the potential. She was Absolutely. so good in everything she was in. Yeah. And, and it's just it's yeah. it's sad. It's sad. The bummer. It's like when I mean for me it's it's Brittany Murphy. It's like people like that like Philip Seymour Hoffman Phil's, is the oh, is the classic is the classic example. Yes. The classic yes. death example. <laughs> <laughs> but the classic example of just like a person where you just like always feel like, oh, they would be doing such good stuff. And Brittany Murphy's definitely in that category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love her. Yeah. Um, um, you have James Woods. James Woods. James Woods, definitely a person you have to just... So here's my thing with James Woods. Yes. Let's go off. Okay, he's a fucking Trump-supporting nightmare mm. on Twitter. Like, mm-hmm. a, a you know, a huge, like, conservative... I mean, people can be conservative. They can't, but fine. They can, whatever. <laughs> people can be conservative. That's fine. Right. Um, it's not fine, but it's fine. <laughs> I just said the same thing twice. Um, but, like, it's not just that he's conservative. It's that he's a monster. Yeah. You know what I mean? On Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And then also there's, like... I mean, Amber Tamlin wrote a great op-ed about how he, like was a creep to her. Yeah. And then, like, there's, like, documented stuff of him being, like, a fucking creep. Yeah, exactly. And so it's not just like, oh, I don't, you know, oh, like... Oh, he said something that I don't agree with. Right, it's not not like, oh, he likes Trump, which is, like, bad enough, and fuck you forever, and I hope you sleep. (laughs) Um, But it's also that he's a creep, and, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Anyway, so you kind of have... But here's... Sorry. Okay, I started that. Here's my thing with James Woods. Yeah. When, was he ever good? No. Like, why is he, like, like it's not like, oh, like, okay, we're going to get to LA Confidential. Yeah, we are. And Kevin Spacey, like, I'll say it, I do like watching certain Kevin Spacey performances. Ooh. No, I mean, I like, I don't like watching them now, <laughs> and, but like, it is like a bummer to be like, oh man. Yeah, yeah. Like you we'll have get to get to Kevin Spacey, right? But it's like you have. It's like when someone, when when a when a person you like is revealed to be a fucking pervert creep. Asshole. Right. It's like Cosby. Yeah, it's like Cosby. Pervert is maybe the wrong word. I don't mean because pervert has also has always been used as a like, oh, gay yeah. people are perverted. Yeah, it's like, pervert that's not, is a is a tough that's, tough that's, one. Yeah, well, I know. Not, I know how you mean it. Yeah, that's not what I mean. Yeah. I just mean like he's a fucking like Kevin Spacey. He's like a sexual assaulter and right. like fuck you forever. Right. Regardless. With James Woods, I have none of that mm-hmm. because it's like, what what did you bring to the table? Yeah, nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. You look weird. <laughs> you suck at acting. Oh, no. <laughs> like, boo. Yeah, yeah. I'll say it. Boo. Um, Resounding boo. I think, Di- sorry, I think Disney, di- they'll never do this because they don't want to, they, they don't care. Fucking Disney Hades, man. should re-record Hercules. Re record the Hades part that James Woods plays in Hercules. Yeah. With like like let Janelle Monet do that or something. Like let oh, like yeah. La- a Laverne Cox, uh uh I don't care. That is a the Seth one Seth Rogan. I don't know. That is the one James Woods role that I will say is a good performance. He is good as Hades. That character is good. It sucks that it's him. It sucks that it's him. And it they should redo it. I right. agree. It sucks that it's, they should digitally replace Kevin Spacey and LA Confidential also <laughs> with Laverne Cox. Oh my God. Um, uh, but yes, but yes, in Riding Cars with Boys, he's not good. And the character's not good. He's not good. All of it's bad. He's fine. But, uh, sorry, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. He's he's not good. But, mm. like, he's fine, but anyone could have done that. And it's a bummer yeah. that it just happens to be James Woods. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you've also got Steve Zahn in this. Steve Baby, Zahn. Where we, is he? We love a Steve Zahn. We love a Steve Zahn. Oh, we can't um, get enough. Steve Zahn, so Steve, sorry, I'm like, 
You're up here, man. I'm trying. I'm yeah. Trying. I'm, uh, you know, Steve's on. Like, so I love that thing you do so much. Yeah. You. And he is, it's like a, it's like a once in a life, once in a generation performance of him in that movie, how funny he is. <laughs> yeah, he is really I funny. really like, I, and he's so but good. But also in, I think he's doing, I think, like, I again, not to disagree with you, but like, that once in a lifetime performance, like that, his his funny. It, it's also in this movie. It's yes, also in, totally, and that's just his brand of funny, and he does it so well. Yeah, and it's so good. Yeah, um, we love Steve Zahn. We love Steve Zahn, is what we're saying. Um, so yeah, Steve Zahn. We've got so basically we've got like a kind of back and forth cast. So we've got like a good cast with a couple of duds. Well, you know what? The casting was actually done by Georgian Georgian Walken. Okay, who I only I noticed it in the credits because. Um, I don't remember his real name. Sorry, but he plays Big Pussy on Sopranos. Lorraine Bracco is also mm-hmm. in this. There's a bunch of people from Sopranos in this, and it's clearly shot in the New York area. Yeah, and like she did the casting for Sopranos. She's Christopher Walken's wife. I was gonna say, is and, she related to Walken? Yeah, yeah, and like, um, and uh, it's just I look the casting of the movie is great. All those little tertiary characters. Yeah, it's very. It's like interesting. It's really, really interesting. The casting, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's nice to see Lorraine Bracco also. She's great. She's yeah. fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. She doesn't have a ton to do, but the yeah, stuff she's I wish in, she did I'm have just more. like, it's great. Yeah. Um so yeah, so so basically, uh the IMDB summary was pretty good. It's uh Drew Barrymore plays this girl, this young girl, who is um it's funny because I feel like they 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 portray her, they start her off. So you you meet her when she's I don't 16. know, twelve. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. The beginning yeah. of the movie. The beginning of the movie, sorry. Yeah, 12, 13, and um, she's going with her dad to get the Christmas tree. It's what they do every year. Um, and her dad says, what do you want for Christmas? And she says she wants a bra. Yeah. Um, and her dad has this, like, freak out and, like, is it's that... all very, like, my little girl's growing up and I'm not handling it well. Yeah. Um, and, but she wants a bra to impress a boy. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like, that's where it all began. And, you know, so they kind of portray her as this like boy crazy, um, girl, but also like, I don't, it, it was weird. Cause I remember when I first saw this feeling like, oh yeah, she's like boy crazy. Like she like loves boys. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, they, yeah. and, but now watching it, I was kind of like. Yeah, that seems like relatively normal. <laughs> it does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that actress, who the young actress, yeah. who, who does the scene in the car with James Woods, where she's like, "This girl has boobs, and I need some boobs." Yeah, is so funny she's and great. really does a great job. Yeah. I think like is yeah, really yeah. incredible. It's a really good, it's a really good opening scene. That yeah, whole, yeah, that yeah. Whole part. Although I was, I did turn to you in the, I did pause the movie in the middle and be like, <laughs> "Wait, are like I got very actively confused about whether." Uh, like James Woods and Lorraine Bracco were a couple together. Right. <laughs> with, anyway, regardless, moving on. Um, so yeah, so we start there. She's at 12 or 13. I'm not totally sure. And then Drew Barrymore plays this character at 15 and for the rest of the movie. So right. you see her kind of 15, you see her twenties and then you see her, I guess, fifties, thirties. No. Cause her, cause the, it's in the eighties when she's with her oh, yeah. son. So I don't know what that means. So 40s. Okay, 40s. 40s. Glad we figured that out. (laughs) Very important. Anyway, so then Drew Barrymore plays her for the rest of the stages of her life. And so she uh, gets rejected by this guy at 15, and then she sleeps with Steve Zahn, and then she gets pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, And her best friend gets pregnant at the same time. Best friend, played by Brittany Murphy, gets pregnant at the same time. They have these babies, and the, the, the parents, like, make them get married, and... They move into a house, and um, but Steve Zahn's character is addicted to heroin, <laughs> right? Kind and, of a fuck up, and yeah. Then also a huge addict, yeah. yeah. And and the Drew Barrymore character, Beverly, is her name, right? Bev. Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah. yeah. Um, Beverly has these big dreams of being a writer. She wants to go to NYU and be a writer. So yeah. So Beverly uh, keeps working towards her goal and keeps hitting roadblocks all over the place, right? With her kid, with her husband, making poor decisions. Right. Um, and I guess the 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 movie's really about uh, obviously the relationship between Beverly and her son. Right. We start we after sorry so after that 
first scene with Beverly as a young girl. Right. We then go to Beverly as a 40-something-year-old and her son. Although for a little while, you're not... They don't tell you it's her son. I think you're supposed to think it's, like, an ex-lover. Right. Who's, like, taking her to see this guy so that... Because she's written a book about her life. And the publishing house wants her to get... Uh, the Steve Zahn character to sign off on it so that he won't sue them. Right. She's written a book called Riding in Cars with Boys. Indeed. So you're watching the movie about the book, Riding in Cars with Boys. Yes. And it's like, if I was, I, this is a moment where, again, I had to pause the movie and be like, wait, <laughs> were we, like, when it was clear that she was in her 40s and this was her adult son. Yeah. I had to pause and be like, wait, is this... Are we supposed to know that this is her son <laughs> or were we supposed to think that they were together or something? And you were like, no, you were supposed to get it at like 10 minutes ago at this scene. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Okay. I'm on board. I'm on board. Yeah. They do this. Because I had weird... never seen this movie before. Just yeah. To, to yes. see, like this is a DVD we had uh, because you. Because I purchased it. You yeah. purchased it. I did not. Yeah. And so they do this thing where they jump back and forth in time a little right, bit. Right. Um, and it, it is definitely a little confusing. A little bit. And not that confusing, but, a no, li- but definitely a little bit. I don't mean to overstate it. Yeah. No, no. A little bit confusing. And I feel like it doesn't. I'm also very I... dumb. <laughs> like I am. <laughs> like okay. I, I have okay. to like ask you all the time about movies we're watching. Like what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, babe. Um, no, it is it is a little confusing, and I don't necessarily think that it serves the story too much. I don't know. Well, should we do our favorite segment, Cards on the Table? Cards on the Table. Because I have thoughts about what you're saying. Let me hear those cards, baby. So my cards on the table. I've yeah. never seen this movie before. Yes. I loved it. Are you serious? Yes. <gasps> I'm floored. I know you are. I thought you hated it. Because you said after we were done, you were like, new favorite movie. Oh which is God. your thing when you think I hated a movie. Wow. That impression of me? Impeccable. <laughs> um. I loved this movie. I thought oh, it was great. I loved incredible. it. I That's really incredible. loved it. I did not love the framing device of her as an older person. Yeah. I thought the son, the adult son. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite actor, although, like, I'm sure he's a lovely man, uh, if you're hey, a listener. he was also in Coyote Ugly, so. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Credits um, include. <laughs> Riding Cars with Boys. No, it's, it's not his fault. It's, like, this framing device mm-hmm. doesn't serve anybody. Yeah, exactly. And it feels like it's just, like, not, it, like, I didn't, I hated the, the framing device of her. Although... You know what? I hated it for the entire movie mm-hmm. until the very end. Spoiler alert. Because so she's, she has this terrible relationship with her, the father of her child, Steve Zahn, um, throughout the entire movie. That's mm-hmm. like the, what the movie's about. Her dreams being thwarted by Steve Zahn. And her son. And her son. Yes. Then in the end, she has to go get Steve Zahn's signature mm-hmm. in order to publish her book about her life. Right. Because she's had a dream of being a writer her whole life. Right. So they she travels road trip with her son. To see the 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 father, right? Steve's Who's the son hasn't seen since the he left when right. the son was uh, four exactly. or five. And that part where they go into Steve Zahn's trailer, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't love that the only people of color in the movie were like Rosie Perez as like the crackhead, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, I not didn't, great. Didn't love that part, but whatever, it's fine. Um, it's not fine, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but. The scene where Steve Zahn talks to the adult son and is like, she, you know, my girlfriend doesn't want me to sign this. Yeah. I'm going to slip it into your pocket. Yeah. That scene is great. And I love it that. Is, and I yeah. think, here's the thing about this movie. I lo- I really like this movie a lot. Yes. And I feel like I do a thing a lot now where I can easily see, like, edits to a movie mm-hmm. that would make it great. And I feel like if they had edited out some of that framing device. Yeah. It would... Because it doesn't serve Drew Barrymore well either. Yes, exactly. She's so good in the rest of the movie. And in that part, she's just not served well by, like, having to play a 50-year-old woman. Yeah. And it's, like, not – it's just not – And she's trying. It's not her fault. It's not her fault. It's not anybody's fault, really. Yeah. It's just, like, an editor should have said, like, yeah. And you know what? It's the James L. Brooks factor. I love Penny Marshall. I love James L. Brooks. Uh Uh-huh. But James L. Brooks' movies – like, for me, they don't connect in the way they do for other people, like broadcast news and as good as it gets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're, they, they're like, 
they're so long. Yeah, this was long. I mean, this was long. And they're so like, you know what? The more we talk about this, the crazier <laughs> it'll get. The more affecting it'll get. And it's like, no, if you leave it a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? If Simplicity. You just, right, exactly. And Drew Barrymore is so good in the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. She's so good. She's really good. So it's like. I, the device doesn't work. The device doesn't work. Yeah. And it just kind of like brings the whole movie down uh a, a notch, a yeah. notch, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I am, I am floored and very happy that you liked this movie because I like. I think. I think it's it's that it's that thing where, uh, not that I like it less now, but it has definitely lost some of its shine, as far as like. James Woods, just there's well, no James people Woods, of color yeah. in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is stuff that I was not thinking about when it first came out and I first right. fell in love with it. So it has definitely come down a little bit for me in the second watching, which I think is just going to happen with all of these movies. Where exactly. I'm like, oh my God, I love that movie. But I thought for sure that you were not going to like it. So I am pleasantly surprised no, I really that liked you liked it. it. Um, yeah. The scene, sorry, the scene where Drew Barrymore... It's Drew Barrymore's wedding. Yeah. And Brittany Murphy gives a speech and reveals that she's also pregnant. Yeah. And stands up for her friend. I yeah, thought that was such a good scene. Yeah, because the wedding... So so the parents forced them to have this wedding, but the whole thing is that they're, they're very clearly very ashamed of their daughter um, having gotten pregnant. And she's, like, sitting by herself at at this table, and, and her parents are ignoring her, and everyone's having a great time at this wedding, and no one is talking to her. Yeah. And Brittany Murphy, her best friend, gets up and says, like, I just want to say I think you look really beautiful tonight, and... Now that I've said it, maybe someone else could say it to you too, because you're, and just starts waxing poetic about what a wonderful, beaming, beautiful, uh, sparkly light Beverly is. And it's just so lovely. And then it's like, by the way, I'm also pregnant. Right. She says like, if you're not going to speak to her, you're also not going to speak to me because I'm pregnant also. And and it's, it's, it's funny and and it's Drew Barrymore runs up to her and they have this moment on the dance floor of just like she's Drew Barrymore's like, are you serious? You're not kidding, right? Yeah. And it was just like very affecting. Yeah. And really lovely. And those two actresses do such a good job. Yeah, it's really really good. Um, yeah, and and it's so it, it, the that that her the character of Beverly, I feel like and character it, it's based on a true story. This is an actual well, yeah, person. it's based on her actual memory, right? Yeah, exactly. So so it's a little weird to talk about. Um, uh, Beverly, if you're listening, uh, I'm sorry, but also rate us on iTunes. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it's, it's a really interesting part to play. And I, it's one of those parts where I, 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 I go, Oh, I, I immediately know why Drew Barrymore was like, yes, I want yeah, this part. Exactly. Because this character is so wildly unlikable, <laughs> I think. But the way that Drew plays her and and possibly the way that she was, you see it. You see the thing that the Brittany Murphy character is talking about, the sparkle, the shine, and all of that stuff. But this, because she, okay, it's that weird thing where I fully understand having a dream and having it not come true, despite the fact that you are doing everything you can to reach that goal. Fully fully identify with that why (laughs) um i also identify with a child (laughs) being the reason that a dream was not recognized so like i fully get it but she is a garbage human to this child for so much of the movie yeah that and and there's a there's a a redemption that happens at the end and and there's forgiveness in that because she was a child herself when she had the child she was 15 right right right. um so it's like it's i guess what i mean more not that she's wildly unlikable it's that she's complicated she's way more complicated is that it's messy it's not just an easy like and i think that that is very very admirable yes the movie. there is this beautiful scene with uh drew barrymore and britney murphy where uh beverly asks her do you love amelia her daughter do you yeah. love amelia and she's like of course i love her and basically drew barrymore is saying drew barrymore's character is saying beverly is saying i don't know if i love my son yeah um, right, and they, the movie is, and that's another. That's the thing I'll say about. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's okay. 
That's the thing I'll say about the James L. Brooks, Penny Marshall of it all that mm-hmm. I think like I do like yeah. is the willingness to be like f- fucking unlikable and annoying yeah. and like I fucking hate these people yeah. in a way that I really like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like um, that thing is very uh, – again, I like, a, I like a complicated thing. Like you said, it's messy. It's complicated. Yes. It's like we just watched Happiest Season, which everybody was talking about mm-hmm. and I really liked a lot. And people, it's the same kind of thing. But it's the same kind of thing where people were so mad at how, oh, this character we didn't like got a happy ending and this person doesn't deserve this and all this stuff. And I was like, it's messy. That's what it is. Right. That's what life is. Yeah. Like, it's messy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I really like that stuff a lot. And yeah. I think, like, I mean, we'll talk about it with the next movie, too, how messy and complicated and morally dubious it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But. Yeah. And I, I it's, um the other thing that's really um interesting about it is that it's so this is going to sound really dumb but it's so clearly based on a memoir yeah. it is so clearly one person's point of view of this story mm-hmm. it is like almost to a fault i think mm-hmm. almost well but, i think that's the framing device for right. me yeah. That's what it is. She's in the car. She's quoting her own book. It's like, no one cares that you wrote a book about this. Just show <laughs> us the story of yeah. the book. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you could just do away with that entire part where she's 45 or whatever. Yeah. And the movie would be great. The movie would be like, like people, it would be... The, it would be great. That's, yeah. Sorry. But then you miss out on the redemption. That's the whole thing. Yeah. You need the, I think, and I think you need the redemption. I think you need it. Yeah. You otherwise, do, you, yeah, yeah. Otherwise yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, mess. Yeah. It's yep. just, it's just a mess. The kid. So you've got, you've got this, this, the son as a baby, you've got him as a toddler and yeah. you've got him as like a four or five year old. And then maybe like a 10 year old. Like, yeah. 10 or 11. Yeah. Um, and the four or five year old, yeah, and the ten year old who is what's his name, from Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman, um, they're so good. They're really good kids. The, yeah. There's this when when the when the when Steve Zahn leaves and he this yeah. kid it oh my god it breaks my heart because he comes basically so basically um, They've hatched this plan. The hot, the nerdy guy comes back. He's hot. He's like, I'm going to school in California. You should come to California. Yeah. Drew Barrymore convinces Steve Zahn to move to California. They've saved their money. She gives him the money and tells him to go buy baby aspirin. Right. And instead of doing that, he buys heroin. Right. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. And and it's this whole thing. And, and he comes back and she's like, you got to go. Yeah. This is not, I can't, because I, I think he, like, I think he, there's a moment where, like, she tries to help him through getting off of the drugs. Yeah. And then he goes out and gets more. And she's like, that's it. I yeah. cannot have you around my son. Right. You can't do, you know, whatever. Um, And it's this heartbreaking scene. And she's like, go say goodbye. Yeah. And he goes in to say goodbye. And he's crying. And the son's like, what are yeah, you doing? Where are you going? Yeah. Yes. He just, it's so good. And the son is like, can I come with you? And he's like, no, you can't come with yeah. me. And it's God just damn. absolutely heartbreaking. And he leaves the dad, Steve's on leaves and the kid runs after him, runs to the door. Dad, wait, runs back inside. You're like, where is he going? He goes to the bathroom and grabs his toothbrush yeah. and then runs back out. And that part kills me every time <laughs> <laughs> that he's like, He's like, wait, I can't go without my tooth. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Anyway, he runs out in the middle of the street. His dad has already sped off on his motorcycle. He's crying in the middle of the street. It's this really beautiful, again, complicated moment with the Beverly character where the son is screaming at her, don't talk to me. I hate you. Yeah. And she's like, I'll leave you alone if you get out of the street. Right. And so he comes inside and she says something like, I know you're angry with me, but I'm your mom. You can't stay angry at me forever. And yeah, he slams yeah, yeah. the door. And it's just this like beauty. Cause you and and she doesn't scoop him up and hug him. She doesn't like make it all better. No, it's but bad. it's just, oh my God, it's beautiful and it's heartbreaking. And the kid is so good. Yeah. 
so good. Right. <laughs> anyway, yes. I talked for a long time about that. No, but it's you're really right. good. <laughs> you're right. The scene that I found really like, I was, I mean, I was honestly like, why didn't, uh, you know, why didn't Drew Barrymore get an Oscar for this or at least yeah. nomination? Was the scene where Steve Zahn is going through heroin withdrawal. Yeah. And so she turns up, she's like, she says to her son, because he's screaming, he's screaming in, the other in room, pain. Yeah. And she says, What's your favorite song? He says her favorite song. She puts on the record and goes and like dances in his room for yeah, him to, di- to distract from yeah. the screaming husband or whatever. Yeah. It's very like effect moving, affecting, amazing performance by Drew Barrymore. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just to go through some other notes real quick before we move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the movie did really well with the thing of this is essentially what you were saying earlier, where it's like you love your kid, but. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, the the it did a very good job of the thing with, like, I love you. Can you go away for a minute? <laughs> like, can you just go in the other room for a minute? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when she's trying to have her, like, hang out with Brittany Murphy and the kid and the, the, the mother's supposed to take them and the, the kid's playing by the pool and the, the, the kid falls in the pool and it's a whole thing. Yeah. Kid's fine. But, like, it was a very, like, oh, that's recognizable of just, like, I love you. I love you. Please, Please give me away. a minute to yeah. think. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. I also yeah. um, didn't care about the either the son or that one daughter once they were adults. They they tried <laughs> to like build out a relationship between the Drew Barrymore's son and Brittany Murphy's daughter right. when they're adults, and I don't care about any of that. Yeah, I don't really care about that either. And again, it's like th- that's the other thing is the movie's over two hours long, and it's like <laughs> if you had cut down to like the essentials on some of this yeah there was stuff to take out. i honestly think if you would cut down to the essentials drew barrymore would have an oscar Mm. honestly i'm dead serious interesting if you'd like like that movie is in this movie you know what i mean yeah like it's drew barrymore not have an oscar i don't think so that seems insane to me right she's done so much no she has a golden globe for for gray gardens okay um, and she, I don't think she's ever even been nominated for an Oscar. Wow. Yeah. That seems insane to me. Um, it does if seem only, insane. If only because she's done so much and, like, she is, baseline, a good actress. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> what I'm saying is that, like, that movie is in this movie and with some editing, she yeah. would have won an Oscar. Yeah. With some better editing. Like, and not, I'm not saying the editor did a bad job. I'm saying, like, you know, the, the story. The like, crafting it, the story exactly, a little differently. It, yeah. Exactly. It would have, and I think that that, Framing device really like doesn't serve her and yeah. kind of leaves you on a down note. Anyway, anyway. also the movie's very NYU centric, which as a SUNY graduate, <laughs> I have some problems with. I have kind of like a real class warfare thing with NYU yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're your so, big, big rivals. Well, not really big rivals in that they don't care about us and they're <laughs> a bunch of rich kids, but it's fine. Um, we're more of a, it's fine. It's uh, fine. SUNY for life. It's fine. Um, the disc, so it looks fine, I think. Yeah, it, it looks fine. Look, yeah. The subtitles look like hot garbage, which is a weird thing to say, <laughs> but they really do. We do have a thing where it's like, like today we were watching LA Confidential yeah. and it was like, let, like, oh, let me turn the subtitles on and see how they look for this part where we might have some in- interfering noise and those subtitles looked bad and it was yeah. like, never mind. Never mind. They look like garb. Um, interesting thing about this disc is that it has a property of Blockbuster Video sticker on it. It does. Because yeah. it was for sure one of those $2 in the bin yep. discs. <laughs> yep. So that's very funny. Um, yeah. So yeah, all in all, writing cards with boys, thumbs up is what I'd say. Thumbs up is what I'd say also. Let's move on to the next movie, which is... L.A. Confidential from 1997, directed by Curtis Hansen. IMDb summary. As corruption grows in 1950s Los Angeles, three policemen, one straight-laced, one brutal, and one sleazy, investigate a series of murders with their own brand of justice. Oh. Yes. Um, So this one I had never seen. Yes, you'd never seen this. I, this is one of my first DVDs. I remember watching all the special oh, features, oh, like, wow. when I was, like, 15 or whatever it was. Uh-huh. I remember, like, watching it with the commentary. All that. I love that. All that. Great. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> a similar problem, 
with riding cars with boys. Uh, you've got a creepy creepo in it. Yes. Uh, this time it's Kevin Spacey. And one of my first notes was, has Spacey just always radiated smug creeper energy? I think he has. <laughs> I think he has. I think that's like a strength of his. Yeah. And yeah, it is like, it is, I, this is probably the first like major Kevin Spacey thing I've watched since he yeah was it was came out from like the anthony rap stuff and all yeah. that stuff that he was like a nightmare human a who, bad man a bad human yeah although i guess it was kind of like one of those things that was like open secrety for a while but it's sure. like you know i mean we're who can keep track right i don't know i like it's you know yeah before the the kind of bomb dropped whatever that means right, you know what exactly. i mean like exactly but this is the first time that i've watched like a big Kevin Spacey movie. And, you know, you said at the very end of the movie, you were like, wow, Kevin Spacey got like first billing on uh, this. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, when this came out, he was definitely by a mile the most famous person in it. Russell Crowe had been in Virtuosity with mm-hmm. Denzel Washington, where he played like a, like essentially a, like a clippy that comes out and is like, <laughs> is like a night, is like a serial killer or something like that. Uh-huh. And then. Guy Pierce had not been in anything big, mm-hmm. and Memento was a couple of years away. Yeah, and um, yeah, and Kim Basinger was in her forties, so she was done because she's a woman in Hollywood. Like, <laughs> yep. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you think about oh, like I remember the oh, like Kim Basinger, like it's her big comeback. It's like she's like six years away from having been in Batman, the biggest movie of all time. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy how, like, anyway, and she's great in this. But, but so, yeah, Kevin Spacey was the biggest star in this. And if you look at the poster, he's, like, the most prominent person on the poster. Oh. I mean, Kim Basinger maybe is, like, a little more prominent, but, like, he's huge on it. It's crazy. Wow. Um, and yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, he's, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think he has always... I'm and I, like I'm not gonna sit here and be like I always knew there was something weird about that Kevin Spacey, but there definitely was always something about him that like made me a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think before everything came out, I maybe attributed it to just like, oh, like maybe he's hi- like hide like basically he's hiding something. <laughs> um, and he was so. Well, the thing forever with him was that, uh, like, people were like, oh, Kevin Spacey's in the closet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when all that stuff came out, he tried to blame it on being in the closet. Like, he tried to, like, he came out at the same time as his apology as a way to deflect. Right. And it was just a very weird, messy, gross, like, thing all around. For sure. Um Anyway, so you've got Kevin Spacey, you've got Guy Pierce. We've said all of these things. Yeah, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Um, yeah, little baby face Russell Crowe. Like, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, they're all so young. And, yeah. And they play these three cops in 1950s Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's like based on this James Elroy novel. And it's oh, like, okay. It's based it's on the novel. Yeah, it's very like, it's this very film noir kind of story. Yeah. And very complicated murder investigation. That goes to the hot, you know, this goes all the way to the top. All the and way like, to the top. Oh, Danny DeVito's in it? Danny DeVito's in it. And it's, um, it's this, like, they, they are three very different cops in the LAPD in the 50s. And it all comes to a head in crazy ways. And, yeah. you know, murder and sex and all this stuff. Yeah, it's a very, like, complicated film noir plot. Yeah. Um... Something, something, uh, something I wrote down... I'm going to say like 20-ish minutes in, I said, I said, I'm too far into this movie to be so unsure about what I'm watching. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like, and this might have been me being stupid, but I feel like (laughs) um, I did not kind of settle into, okay, it's like a film noir until like an hour in. <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, okay, okay, I can, do you know what I, do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, you start a movie or you think you know what a movie is and you're watching it through that lens. And if you don't have that figured out, it can be difficult to focus. Yes. And I know what you mean. Yeah. That's how I felt with the first. That's how I felt with riding cars with boys. Where yeah. I was like, where I was like, I mean, I wrote down about that movie. I was like, this feels like a biopic about 
no one. Yeah. <laughs> like, and what is this? And then when I settled into what it was, yeah. it was great. But yeah, I know what yeah. you mean. Sorry. And I honestly didn't know what LA Confidential was at all yeah. going into it. Like I, I had heard that title before, but I, and I knew that Kim Basinger was in it. That's pretty much all that I knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it was, ve- it was, it was very unsettling to watch it for so long and not have it click what it was. Well, because the inciting, I mean, I feel so. Here's the thing: that I kind of, I mean, I, you know, car, our favorite cards on the table. Cards on the table. Love this movie. Okay. One of my favorite movies. Okay. So, do with that what you will. Uh huh. But the if it were, I think if it were made more conventionally. If it were script, it's it's epically long. Yes, you know what I mean. So long, right? And it feels like if it, you know, if it happened today, it would be a series. I'm very glad it's not that it's just like all crammed into a two hour, ten minute movie. Oh yeah, whatever. Um, but the thing that I mean, the inciting murder, the thing, the murder that happens doesn't happen for like twenty minutes, thirty yeah. minutes. You know what I mean? The the night owl coffee shop murders. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't, it also doesn't happen, it, it, it doesn't happen on screen. And it also, you, you learn about it via like the radio saying like, Hey, there's a, who, any homicide, detectives, yeah. there's a homicide. And after they've done all this table setting of the things. And I feel like it felt very like not how it would be done today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like if, especially if it was a movie, if it was a series, yeah, you'd take the first episode and the end of that episode would be the murder and then you'd be have eight more hours right. of whatever. But it felt very like, oh, we need to spend 20 minutes setting up these three different main characters. Yeah. I don't know. I, and to, to me, I mean, I'm not, I'm not arguing with you or anything. It, like I can see how that's unsettling. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, wait, what is gonna, what is gonna be the ride here? Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like I can't yeah. tell what the ride is gonna be. Yeah. It's weirdly, it's weirdly not how that story would be told today, but also not necessarily like of its time. Yeah. Like yeah, I yeah, wouldn't yeah. necessarily put this in the category of like a very nineties movie. No, definitely um, not. It feels, you know, speaking of that, it feels very timeless to me. In that way. Like, yeah. It doesn't feel like a 90s version of the 50s. Right. It feels like, because it's also like, it's also like, I mean, it's very, you know, complicated and weird. And like, it felt actually very modern in that way because it was like so, I mean, the thing I wrote down, and I think I said this about a previous movie, maybe Children of Men or something, mm. but it felt like watching Game of Thrones to me where there was just like all these characters, yeah. all these tertiary things happening. You never know who's going to get it next. Yeah. You don't ever feel safe. Yeah. Also, everyone sucks. Yeah. Like, there's no good characters in this. No. And everyone's bad <laughs> and morally bad. Yeah. In a way that you have to either get acclimated to or not. And that's, right. you know, it's fine either way. But I think that, like, that, to me, it felt very Game of Thrones in that way and very modern in that way. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's a, it's a, it's a great point. It's a great point, Mike. Hey, Solid point. I don't like when you call me Mike. <laughs> I don't care for that at all. Um, yeah. It, so it, it, my cards on the table, I guess, is that it, I'm I'm really conflicted about this film because it, um, oh, like I said, for a long time I didn't know what I was watching. Once I settled into, if I knew, like. Let's say that I had said to you, what is this? What are we about to watch? And you said, well, it's kind of like a film noir type thing. If I'd gone into it knowing that, I feel like I would have felt more settled the whole time. Um, so there's that part of it. There's also this part of it where it's, oh, it's an entire film about cops. And there's a lot of murdering black people. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're for bad no people, yeah. reason. Uh, and, and I know they're supposed to be bad, yeah. but there is, there is also something about, um, glorifying the, uh, specifically the LAPD yeah. in the fifties that it makes it really difficult to watch. Totally. I um, get that. and not just in a way where it's like, they're killing people. That is difficult in and of itself, but there's a, this added layer of it's cops it's corrupt cops. Yep. It's corrupt cops murdering black people. Right. As the heroes of the story. Right. So it's yeah. it it 
and I and I'm I was desperately trying to not let that color my entire opinion yep. of it. Um, but it's really hard to do that. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Because and and the reason I'm trying not to let it color that is because, like you said, it's not like the movie is saying these people are good. Um, the cops are good. Uh, they're all morally complicated. They all have their shit, whatever. But it is a movie about them. They are the heroes yeah, of this tale. They are one hundred percent the so, heroes of this thing. It's like it's you. You. I think it's. I think yes. The movie injects. Russell Crowe and and Kevin Spacey and all these and Guy Pierce with um complicated you know it, it like says like yeah these are morally dubious characters and you're either okay with that or you're not snowflake or whatever you know yeah. like it says all that yeah in the text of the movie yeah but also you're still expected to watch this movie with these guys where they walk off into the sunset at the end I mean not all of them but like Most some of them, them yeah and you're still supposed to be with them and it's like yeah, it's a little tough to be with them. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not... You have to have someone to latch on to. And the only person who uh, is, like, clean in this movie is Kim Basinger. And yeah. she gets beaten by Russell Crowe at one point. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. It's very... It's... I mean, it, and it is, like... It's almost more... It's a more insidious form of propaganda because it's, like... It's, you know, it's like, oh, it's complicated. They're yeah. complicated. Look, Russell Crowe's so tortured. And it's like, well, yeah, but he also, I mean, you know, he also shoots a black man in the heart and then plants a gun on him. Right. And then also beats Kim Basinger in the face. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so. But feels bad about it. Yeah, exactly. That, that is, that's actually, I mean, like, I can make, a you know, as a straight, cis, white guy, it's very easy for me to, that's our radiator, by the way. Um <laughs> As a straight cis white guy, it's very. I recognize it can be very easy for me to be like, yeah, it's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it is. It's fine. I can watch this stuff and be okay with it. But that's like a privilege that I have. Mm. But um, the part that it was this time was like, oh god, was just how like, you know, he feels really bad about what he did to you, and it's like, okay, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, and she's like, I'll be okay, and then she winds up with him. Right. And it's like, okay, she should, probably should not wind up with him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, not, like, if you want this character to seem like she's not a fucking idiot. Yeah. Then she should not probably, like, wind up with the guy. You know yeah. What I mean? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, all that being said, as a story, it's, like, incredibly written like the yeah. kind of mystery of it the way it's woven the mm-hmm. way it's told it it doesn't have the problem that writing cars with boys have has where it's like it has this weird plot device where it's trying to tell the story in a backwards way it just lays oh, yeah. out a mystery that's true and you're with it the whole time you know what i mean that's true the other thing that would happen if it was made today would be you'd start with the murder and then be like three weeks early yeah 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 and flashbacks like, and yeah. like no it just tells you the story and is loaded with plot yeah like, there's just so much plot yes. every scene Moves it forward. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, it is It is a good, uh, like, plot alone, story alone. It is, yeah. like, an, it's compelling and interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, and, like, the twists are, I mean, you were yeah. with it with the twists. Like, the, there's characters who are revealed to be, like, the, the villains and all this stuff. And, like, I, you know, you, you were gasping. You were I gasping. I was. I was. I was. Don't try I, to pretend you weren't gasping. I, I would never. I wouldn't dare. I was fully gasping. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so so I get like I said, this is like a weird one for me because I just it it ooh. Um the other thing I will say is that there were there were a bunch of times and this I think comes with, you know, you said propaganda, that's perfect. This comes with that territory it feels like to me when you have a film that's full of like just like fucking dudes Dudes being dudes and bros there are there where there are several moments that i was just like "Ooh, you should be embarrassed (laughs) yeah (laughs) the one i wrote down the one uh it's it's so it's like closer to the end and it's like the two cops who see things differently are fighting, beating the shit out of each other and the the one yeah (laughs) and the one is like the one is like no, 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 we have to work together. And the Russell Crowe character goes, uh, this is, uh, shoot, this is, you know, this is your, what, your golden case that made you the golden boy. Yeah. And you want to tear it all down. And 
Guy Pierce has a line that's like with a wrecking ball, oh, yeah. and it's just like, oh Jesus, not, you uh, should be embarrassed <laughs> about that. Like it's just so cringe. Where like whoever wrote like while they were writing it, while Guy Pierce was saying it, they were like, fuck yeah, this is the coolest shit anyone yeah. has ever done. And it's like, no, it's not. Well, that's, <laughs> that that that's not the line that I had written. Oh, down. what's the one, the one I you had have? Now was Russell Crowe beating up. Maybe it was Guy Pierce. Maybe it was someone else. And he says, I know you think you're the A1 hotshot, but here's the juice. Yeah. Oh, yes. it's when he's beating up the district attorney. Yes. Yes. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, I, there's... But but see, you, that's cringe to you. I, like, love that. Like, I, right. Like, but that, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying is that it's, like, it's it's so clearly. And, and the thing that I cannot fault it for is that it you you went 150% for it and you're having such a good time. Right. I'm not mad at you, but I am a little embarrassed for right, you. Right, <laughs> right. And I just, I mean, I just, I think, I think everybody, like, they, you know, it is, it is like, it is kind of embarrassing how much they're like, these are real, like, tortured men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and they're tortured and they have demons. <laughs> this one has demons about his father. <laughs> <clears throat> and this one has demons about his mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, it's, it is embarrassing in that way where it's like, come on. <laughs> also, like, you're cops. Yeah. Like, just be, like, be cops. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but you know, whatever. I, like, I also saw it when I was fucking 14 and I was like, oh, exactly. this, is the, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Exactly. Saw it with my dad who's deceased. God, you so, gotta stop talking about your dead parents, man. So, so maybe if you you're disrespecting him by no, okay, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, I did, you know, actually that that is a thing. I do associate this movie with seeing it with my parents a lot, and I think I saw it with my dad, just the two of us. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like a very like, oh yeah, my dad loved this movie. Like this was a like, a, you know, this DVD. Might be from their collection. Oh. Actually. Or, you know what? I can't remember. Anyway, regardless. I think we maybe we both had it. Because <laughs> right. we, we both loved it. Loved it that much. The other scene that feel, felt really cringy to me was the part where they're... Uh, so, what, like, a crazy fight breaks out in the at the police station where the cops beat up a bunch of um, Mexicans. Right. <sighs> Right, um, which is depicted as a bad thing that they do. Well, but it's like it's yeah, also, but it's they all get involved. Right, yeah. it's depicted as a bad look for the LAPD. <laughs> yes, exactly. is what it's depicted as. Yeah. It's not actually like guys, you shouldn't have done that. It's like guys, now we got to fucking PR our way out of this mm-hmm. shit. Um, anyway, so as they're trying to figure out the DA and the what's the what's the lead what's the king of the police called? Chief. Chief. Sure, the police chief. <laughs> um, the police king. Yeah, the police king. They're trying to figure it all out and they're, you know, like basically trying to see who's going to rat out their fellow officers. There's this whole long scene where one of them says like, not going to do it. And the other one says like, I'll do it. And it's this whole thing. But that entire scene felt like cringy to me. And so much so that I was like, is this bad acting? <laughs> is, yeah, is that yeah. what's happening right now? Yeah. They're like Russell Crowe like dramatically lays his badge and gun down on oh, the table yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and it's yeah, just it. Uh, oh, God. I know what you mean but like yeah, give me more. <laughs> I also watch like Bosch and stuff. Like like they're, like they're, I'll I'm a, like it's bad. Uh-huh. I'm not defending it. Uh-huh. But like a well done cop show like uh-huh. the wire is also that it's yeah. also like you know the wire is also like pro cop in in its way sure even though, even if it depicts the faults of the system and all that stuff like there's all these things like like I, but i am a sucker for uh copaganda i guess we'll use that word again <laughs> yeah um yeah that being said the performances are good uh, Guy Pierce is adorable. And those cheekbones. Those, that, it's like not even just his cheekbones, though. It's the entire structure of his face. Like, I know what that man's skull looks <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're looking at skull. Which is so weird. Yeah, this is my favorite movie starring a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he does a really, really great job. Russell Crowe is really good. Yeah, Russell Crowe's great. Um, even- Kevin Spacey... <sighs> 
sure, that's a good performance. Yeah, like no, I, that, I, that, it makes it all the more tragic. It's like Kevin Spacey's great in this movie. I guess, but I, ugh, but yeah. you know, it's yeah, like, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to separate. It is really, really difficult for me to separate the like, the the he's a bad man of it all. Watching this, yeah, because totally, I'm just like, cause, I, cause I'm also just like, I don't believe you. Like I, like I feel yeah. like my stubbornness about like, oh, I don't like him. Yeah, it like, there's a lot of me going like, I don't believe, I don't believe you, which is a gross, horrible, like acty, acty thing, acting school thing to say. No, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. But there, anyway, I anyway, would never, you got I it. would never fault anyone for. And again, I'm not saying this to be like, I'm a hero. I would never fault anyone Mm -hmm. for being like, yeah, that person's disgusting in real life and I don't feel like watching them. Yeah. And I think that that is a 100% valid thing to say all the time. There's like, there are definitely like movies I don't want to watch. Like I'm never, I'm never going to watch Bill Cosby himself, the special again, but I will watch Rosemary's Baby again, directed by Roman Polanski, because I know that you know, he's a bad dude and I don't like him, but also movies are collaborative and Mia Farrow's performance is great in that. And like, you know what I mean? So it's like, for me, it's easy. It's easier sometimes to compartmentalize, but that's a privilege of being maybe a straight white cis guy who's like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, it's like a very, like I would never fault anyone for being like, yeah, I don't watch Kevin Spacey movies and that, and I'd be like, great. Great. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's very like, um, uh, yeah, everyone, it's very like, every, live and let live, man. I love that. <laughs> I'm um, a hero. You are a hero. You really are. Yeah. Um, looks wise, it looked fine. Yeah. It was um, fine. It has a bunch of like featurettes and commentaries yeah, on it. I definitely watched all of them when I was 15 <laughs> or whatever being like, yeah. Yeah. Brian Helgeland, the screenwriter. That's oh, that's boy. my guy. <laughs> um, yeah. So here we are. Here we are. We gotta make a decision, and I don't, don't feel good about it. Um, ooh, I don't know, but I don't know what to do. Honestly, if it were just me, just and only me, and I was not considering you, um, I would get rid of Ellie Confidential because. That it was, it was good. I think I've come down on the side of it was good and I enjoyed watching it, but it made me so uncomfortable for so many reasons. Not, it was, you know, Kevin Spacey, just a fucking boys town and, uh, cops and killing black people. There are too many tick marks that made me so uncomfortable. I don't think I could watch that again. All right. So there's that. So, but, but I, but I'm also, I also love and respect you. That's nice. <laughs> and, and love and respect that you enjoy this movie. So I'm, I am very conflicted about that. How do you feel? I'm also conflicted. Uh-huh. I liked riding in cars with boys a lot more than I expected to. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. I don't think I'll watch it again. Mm-hmm. Anytime soon. Yeah. We didn't talk about if they're available. Oh, gosh, we didn't. Riding Cars with Boys is on Stars or DirecTV currently. Okay. So if you have a Stars subscription or a Stars. So not the most accessible. Not the most. Ellie Confidential is on IMDb TV, which Oof. is free, but it has ads. So Ads? They're films. Like in the middle, <laughs> of, the, in the middle of the film? Yeah. <laughs> ads they're films <laughs> well like it's not a tv it doesn't have commercial breaks yeah but like it's like watching a movie on tbs or something so do they put oh i hate it many yeah for years we watched movies on tv with I, ads no i didn't how dare you um so so neither yeah, one i don't know what to do available. i would say uh this would be a good opportunity for a donation i think it might be for like, because if you're just joining us, if you're just joining us an hour into the 20th episode <laughs> of DVD Deathmatch. Um, welcome. Welcome. And we have a thing where if we uh, can't agree on which DVD to get rid of, we have to give $100 to a charity. Mm-hmm. So that I'm, we haven't done it in a while. 
We haven't done it in a while. It's a good, lovely time to be donating. Lovely to time somewhere. to be donating. Um, there's a there's a um, a food pantry in our town. Yeah. That we enjoy donating to. Yeah. That I think maybe would be a good use, one. Could use some help this month. Yeah. And so we could do that. Yeah. I think we should do that because I don't. I don't. Do you want to talk about how my brother, his idea for uh, shout out to Steve. Hey, Steve. Um, um, his idea for uh, what we should do when we can't agree uh-huh. is that if we can't agree, we choose a random number and we have to get rid of whatever oh, that DVD yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> That's a funny idea. We're not doing We're not going to do that, but choose a <laughs> random number. Choose a random number and let's see what it would have been. Okay. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh. Pick a number between 1 and 1,320. A random number between 1 and 1,320 is 235. 235. We would have had to have gotten rid of... The 1972 Robert Redford movie, The Candidate. <gasps> I've never seen that, so I would have been like, great. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have also been like, oh, okay, fine. Wow, so maybe it is a good forfeit. No, we can't do it now. Yeah, we can't do it now. Okay. We're going to give $100 We're- to... Our local food bank. Tony's Kitchen. Tony's Kitchen. Which is a great food bank, and you should also donate to there. Yes, you should also donate, should you have the means. Uh, We will link all of the things so that you can if you want to. Um, Great. So hanging on to both of these films. Hanging on to both of them. I love it. Merry Christmas to us. Merry Christmas. Shall we pick our next holiday matchup? Let's do it. What, uh, what, What is it out of again? I forget. I think it's I, it's actually I changed because I remembered a couple movies that had Christmas connections. Oh boy! So it's now fifty six. Fifty six. All right. So we've got a couple more. Yeah. <laughs> on the list. Great. Uh, all right. Let's pick this next holiday matchup. Hey Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between one and fifty six. A random number between one and fifty six is forty six. Forty six is. <laughs> Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, 46 is The Family Stone. <laughs> that's that's like my baby face. I know it is. <laughs> I know. Oh no. All right, let's see what's going up against it. Hey Siri. Uh-huh. Pick a number between 1 and 56. A random number between 1 and 56 is 6. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. 6 is Batman Returns. Oh my god. <laughs> Another Danny DeVito special. Hey. Love that DeVito. Love that DeVito. All right. Family Stone versus Batman Returns. Yeah. That's a really good Christmas matchup. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> People, Batman Returns is very Christmassy. Okay. I don't I don't remember it that well. So Have you seen it? Who's the villain? It's the Penguin and Catwoman. Yes, but like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. not, I think not in my adulthood have okay, I seen great. it. Um, great. Great. Excited. Great. Excited to watch it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We are DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got Insta. We got Twitter. We got email. We got the World Quad Web. Say hello. Drops a line. Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Follow us on Letterboxd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Great. Yeah. Um, And uh, we hope you're enjoying your holiday season so far and staying safe and sane. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. (laughs) Come back next week and see who survives. DVD DVD Deathmatch. It's so good. Brew Drarrymore? <laughs> Who's Brew Drarrymore? What? <laughs> Drew Barrymore is so good. <laughs> Mitney Brurfee is so good. <laughs>